0: Eight nine seven seven seven, or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty eight hours after issuance. See DKNG.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah it is but it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday and I am so fired up about today's guest. I think all of you know who he is by now. his name has been in the news a lot the last couple of years. Seth Wickersham. he is a New York Times bestseller, an ESPN senior writer but the cool book he just came out with. It's called It's Better to Be Feared. It talks about the end of times with Belichick and Brady in New England dying to talk to Seth momentarily. Should be absolutely awesome. You guys know we got a couple things. Number one, we got a game tonight. I'll be calling it. Ravens, Dolphins, Thursday Night Football. I'll be on Westwood 1 tonight with Ian Eagle. Really looking forward to that. I'll give you my pick for that a little bit later. You also know that tomorrow already – It's a Winners Friday, so we'll have the Spread the Word winner via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. I love when it's new people. I want it to be new people. Decide today is the day that you are the new person, please. Then we'll have the Sponsor Confirmation email winner, which I love. That's the Madden, the free Madden this week. You got to check your email today to know how to get it. Check your email today or the one that was sent on Monday. And then the YouTube Cameo style shout out as well that everybody loves. I just do a video on my phone, post it to YouTube, send you the link, and then you can send it to your buddy, your your wife, whoever you want the video for. I don't care. What I do care about is it's Seth Wickersham time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Seth, so good to have you on the show, man. I've read a lot of your stuff. Over, I always read the... Uh, I haven't had a chance to read your books yet. I can't remember the last time I read a book, but I always read the, the, like the lengthy excerpts that you have in, uh, in ESPN. You've been doing an awesome job. I really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: My pleasure. And as long as you buy the book, you know, whether you read it or not, it's a whole other thing. It's, it's the buying that's important, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Seth, it's funny because I didn't used to think of you were like this. You know, you've done a lot of different things. But I feel like over the last five years, maybe, in my mind, when I think of Seth Wickersham, I think he's the owner's guy. And when I say that, I mean you are the most plugged-in insider I'm aware of, it appears, based on the details that you get when it comes to what's going on with the NFL owners is that fair unfair is that a compliment I don't even know but I just know that you know more about the inner work of the NFL owners it seems like than anybody
1: else no I mean that's definitely a compliment I don't know but you know it's it's one of those areas that you know Ross as you know I've you you covered the NFL long enough and even though each story individually is interesting you kind of look for new areas like you know what are the things that aren't being covered as well um you know with people who know X's and O's, you know, that that field has become very crowded. So it's it's not, you know, I used to write a lot of X's and O's things, but there's just people who do that better than me now. And so, you know, I do a lot of profiles, especially on quarterbacks, but yeah, I've done a lot of investigative pieces, especially in the ownership ranks, um, you know, the membership. And, you know, Don Van Nat and I have done a lot of stories on, you know, inside the relocation dramas and things like that. And, you know, I just found that, you know, that's kind of a ground in a space that there's a lot of interesting things going on that it doesn't get covered in depth that often. And so I guess that's why I kind of, you know, turn myself to that to that arena. And it's definitely interesting, right? Because, you know, as we've learned because of billions in succession, I mean, people love it when rich people are fighting. <laughs> and in the NFL, there's no shortage of that.
0: You know what's so funny? I don't know. you. I mean, you would probably have the numbers to tell me, but you know, I love your stuff. Like, I read anything NFL owners involved. I find it fascinating because, I obviously, I played and I, I really like football. But also, I've got a few small businesses, got the podcast business. Like, I I enjoy ownership and business and looking at it from that perspective as well. I don't know. I mean, do you think the fans – are really into it. They just want to know, like, how many carries Nick Chubb's going to get on Sunday. Or, because I, I, I told you, I read all of it. I, I find it more interesting than, like, anything else that's out there. Like, you have your juicy details of owner-related things I can't get enough of.
1: No, I mean, you know, I, I don't know all the numbers. You know, it's not something I concern myself too much about. But I, I do think that people like reading about how the business of football works – not necessarily always from a financial standpoint, but from a human standpoint. And even though these guys are owners, they are humans, and they are bosses in their own right. And they're all, you know, it's a fascinating dynamic. And you know, yesterday was actually the anniversary of one of the stories that I'm proudest of. It's a story that Don Van Natta and I did in 2017 on Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones. Remember when Jerry Jones was essentially suing the league to try to keep Roger Goodell from Signing a contract extension back in twenty seventeen, you know he was upset with a lot of things, um, a lot of the ways that Roger Goodell handled handled discipline, especially when it came to Zeke Elliott, and that that story, of course, had the you know the memorable anecdote at the beginning where Roger Goodell and Jeff Pass, the league's general counsel, are on the phone with Jerry Jones, telling him that Zeke Elliott's going to be suspended, and and Jerry Jones is hot, and he says, you know, you think. Bob craft came after you hard and he was referring to the flake He goes, Bob craft is a bleep compared to what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to come after you with everything that I've got. And, you know, I think that when you, when you're able to unearth anecdotes like that, I think that it really kind of, you know, makes those stories relatable and, and hopefully readers kind of find the palace intrigue and the stuff that goes on, you know, at the highest levels, really interesting.
0: So, what I mean? What was the end result? I mean, he said, I'm going to come at you with everything I got. I don't remember anything big happening.
1: Well, he he tried to block his extension. You know, I mean, that was the main thing, and it and there was a, a lot of drama um, for about a month where where Jerry Jones was just steadfastly opposed to the extension that the compensation committee that had been put together to form a new contract for Roger Goodell um, had come up with. You know, but at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, it all kind of worked out um, as these things usually do in the ownership ranks. Usually, they even if they don't like each other, they're all part of this family that none of them really want to get divorced from.
0: Right. So let's get into a couple of these. You know, your latest book, um, It's Better to Be Feared, is about Belichick and Brady and Kraft and, look, it, it's, a, it's a long book, so I, I don't expect you in 30 seconds to summarize, you know, how it ended or whatever. Um, I guess I have my own feelings based on people I've talked to about what really ended. Here, here's my opinion, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Why don't we try it this way, okay? Whatever year it was, 17 or 18 maybe, where, like, Garoppolo got this big contract. All these guys are making, like, Whatever it was, thirty million a year, and Brady's making fifteen million a year, I think, maybe ten, and he asked for more money, and they—I want to say—they gave him like two or five million dollars in incentives, and then he didn't get the incentives. And I remember, I remember distinctly thinking right then, Seth, that's that's the beginning of the end. I mean, the guy's taken less his whole career. He asked for a little bit more money so that he he makes two thirds of some of these guys rather than half. And you make him have to do it in incentives. I thought it was one of the most insulting NFL contract gestures I've ever seen. And in my mind, and you might tell me I'm totally wrong in my mind, that was the beginning of the end for Brady and new England.
1: Well, I think it was a combination of things. And you you know, there were some problems during 2017 and, you know, remember they had just won their fifth Super Bowl and they'd set a record, you know, beating Bradshaw and Chuck Knoll. And um, Brady changed. You know, he wanted to be a little bit more than just the New England Patriots quarterback. It's when he really started pushing his TB12 business. He did the Tom versus Time Facebook documentary, which was a big deal for him. And, you know, the Patriots only had nominal awareness of it. And in the middle of it all, you had Belichick who was refusing trade offers Remember months after Brady helped rally the team from a 28 to three deficit in the, in the Super Bowl in the last 17 minutes, whatever it was, Belichick was refusing to trade Jimmy Garoppolo was deeply invested in him and ended up, you know, hanging on to him until he just couldn't and he had to ship him. And then through it all, you also had Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's business partner, whose access was curtailed around the building by Belichick because he felt like he was a divisive force in the locker room. And then, Throughout it all, you had Brady who wanted a contract extension that took him until he was age 45. And the Patriots, as an organization, it wasn't just Belichick, it was Robert Kraft also, were just reticent to do so. And so you fast forward to August of 2019. Now they've got six Super Bowls together. Brady's trying again to negotiate a contract to take him until age 45. The Patriots just don't want to do that. They don't want to guarantee it. They want to go year to year. Brady almost leaves training camp because he was so frustrated with the way negotiations were going. And he ends up signing that one year deal with an out to be a free agent at the end of the year. And 48 hours after he signed that deal, 48 hours, he and Giselle Buncheon put their house up on the, um, on the market for sale. And so, you know, I think that there was a lot of factors. And as you know, in the building, it's a tough building. It's a tough atmosphere. And I think that Brady wanted something else in terms of an atmosphere also, but you know, he, he wanted to, a, a guaranteed contract that would be a show of faith that he could play football until he was age 45. And the Patriots as an organization were not willing to do that.
0: That was going to be sort of my my last question, as, at least as far as that's concerned. What is the dynamic between Kraft and Belichick? Because what I've heard a lot of people say to me over the years is, I'm surprised Kraft let Belichick get rid of Brady. I'm surprised Kraft let that happen. And I guess, Seth, on some level, I kind of am a little bit too.
1: Well, remember, I think that Brady also, I think, at that point, wanted to leave. You know, I think they opened up the door for him to leave, and and he walked through it. But, you know, I I mean, broadly speaking, the relationship between Belichick and Kraft has been phenomenally successful. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with headaches at times. You know, in the book, I write about an owner's meeting where an an executive says to Kraft, you know, what's it gonna take for you to get rid of that a-hole? And Kraft replies eight and eight. (laughs) And, you know, you have another anecdote from 2018 where, you know, Kraft is at kind of one of these rich guy business conferences in Aspen. And he says, you know, I really hate leaving leaving a conference like this, you, 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 meet some of those brilliant minds here and I got to go to Detroit where you are to be with the biggest effing a-hole in my life, my head coach. Um, but broadly speaking, I mean, you know, they've gotten along and worked together phenomenally well. It's an, and I think that, you know, what makes a hall of fame owner, I think is, is, is a little confusing and, probably up for debate. It seems like that what makes a hall of fame owner is the same thing that makes a hall of fame coach. And that's a hall of fame quarterback. (laughs) If Eddie DeBartolo and Pat Bolin and Jerry Jones, all of whom have hall of fame quarterbacks are in the hall of fame, you'd think that Kraft will probably get in also because number one, he pulled off what is probably the greatest trade in NFL history when he traded for bill Belichick. And number two, even though it was difficult, he managed to keep the band together much longer than any other dynasty and any other owner really could have.
0: So I got got to ask one more. On a scale of one to 10, one being not happy at all, 10 being very happy, what would be your guess as to how happy both Kraft and Belichick were individually that Brady won the Super Bowl last year?
1: Oh, my gosh. I I don't even know how to put a number in it because, you know, you asked earlier, like, you know, how do I sum up the book? I mean, the book is about greatness and what's the DNA of greatness and why, you know, what the cost of that greatness is. And, you know, it's things that you've seen up close. But, you know, one of the things about the Patriots and especially Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is that, like, they are driven by some sort of mix of compulsion and ruthlessness and fear and love that, you know, they continue doing the game, playing the game, being a part of it, no matter what they win. Like the the Bucks won the Super Bowl last year. Brady's family runs onto the field. The very first thing Giselle Bunchen says to him is, well, what more do you have to prove? And Brady figures out a way to change the subject. Because in a weird way, it's like the Super Bowl is what they live for, but he was already thinking beyond it. And Belichick and Brady had many opportunities throughout their career to exit like you know, Tony Dungy or John Elway did, and they don't. And I think that, you know, when you live like that, I think that the the profound misery that you feel after a loss, I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Like what a loss is like in that building after you lose a game. I think it's almost, it's beyond, it's almost like atmospheric. And so to look at, to watch Tom Brady, the guy that you opened the door to leave and he walked through, win a Super Bowl. Can you imagine being Robert Kraft a month and a half ago being in his own stadium and watching Tom Brady quarterbacking the defending Super Bowl champion Bucks on his field? I mean, that must have been horrific in a lot of ways. Maybe, I mean, it's just embarrassing because the two people who should have known better than anybody else to underestimate Tom Brady are Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, and they did just that.
0: It's a great point. Um, a couple other topics because I know you've been in on them. You know, nobody's talking about this Rams thing with Cronky and what's going on there. And you're the only one that had that I read the background where Cronky had basically had told the owners, hey, if there's a lawsuit with St. Louis, I got it. But now that it looks like they're going to lose, it's going to be a lot of money. Now he's saying, I don't got it.
1: Well, So Don Van Natt and I have covered, you know, the relocations quite a bit. And, you know, back in 2016, we wrote about the Derby for L.A. and how the Rams were able to muscle through. And the morning of the vote, remember, it was Kroenke and Inglewood versus the Raiders and the Chargers teaming up for a stadium in Carson, California. The morning of the vote, the league presented each owner an indemnification agreement and basically said, if we get sued or if you get sued because of this move, you are agreeing to cover all of the costs of it. They all signed it. (laughs) They didn't have to, they all did. And usually you know, when a team relocates, these lawsuits go away, but this one from St. Louis has not. And they are seeking a lot in, I, I don't even know if they wanna settle as much as they wanna go to trial and just embarrass the league. But you know, I think that they're not only suing Stan Cronkey and suing the NFL for what they view as fraud, but they are suing individual owners as beneficiaries because each owner got 17 or so million dollars just for allowing the team to move. it's called the relocation fee. It's five hundred and thirty-eight million, I think, that the owner who moves has to pay for to, to each owner. Is a way to kind of dissuade them from moving. And so each owner benefited financially from this move and they're coming after everyone. And, you know, when rich people have to pay for things that they don't think they should have to pay for, they get very upset. And so, yeah, two weeks ago at the league owner meetings in New York, this lawsuit came up in a privileged session, which means only one participant per club. Cronky gets up and he says, uh, you know, I did, I didn't, you know, I'm sorry this is still going on. It's not my fault. I did what the league told me to do. And then Roger Goodell asked for Stan Kroenke to leave. And when he leaves, Jeff Pash, as I mentioned earlier, the league general counsel, tells the ownership that Kroenke's lawyers have notified the league that they think that the indemnification agreement that he signed is not unlimited. And in fact, the owners and the league might have to start paying for some of these costs, especially if a settlement ends up reaching billions of dollars. And man, that did not go over well in the room.
0: Yeah, I would imagine not. It, it, <laughs> so, 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 but Cronky had to know that they were going. He was. They were about to tell him
1: that, right? Oh, he definitely knew. I think they took him out of the room because you know it involved him, and you know I think that they wanted to be able to have a discussion, you know, freely without him in the room. Um, but man, I mean, they were hot, and um, you know, it's the weirdest thing. You know, it's like I said, usually. When a team leaves, the, the city sues or whatever it is, and often those lawsuits go away, and this one has not. And, um, you know, the league has lost almost all of its motions. They appealed to the Supreme Court at one point. The Supreme Court declined to hear to take up the case. And this thing is headed for trial in St. Louis on January 10th, a month before the Super Bowl in L.A. in Stan Kroenke's $6 billion SoFi Stadium. And this has the potential to drag out over months if the league can't settle this. And the problem is, is that nobody seems to know exactly what St. Louis wants in terms of a settlement. Um, But we do know that if they want to settle, it's going to be expensive.
0: Last one is just kind of your thoughts and what you've been able to find with the Washington football team investigation. Uh, the Gruden leak, because, man, it felt like everybody had kind of forgotten about it until the Gruden, I mean, the Gruden thing started all up again.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. And so when the, when the owners had that meeting in New York, the privileged meeting, so they kick out um, team executives and most league executives. It's only the top league executives and only one owner per club or a representative per club. They had three things to talk about. They had John Gruden's emails, they had the Washington football situation, and they had the St. Louis lawsuit. And I thought that it was interesting that out of all of those issues, (laughs) that the St. Louis lawsuit was the one of all of them that they end up fighting about. And I guess it makes sense because it has to do with money out of their pocket. But... You know, that's the other thing that's interesting about all this is that, you know, Congress is not going away on Washington and the league knows it's going to have to respond. The league knows that some more of those emails are gonna come out. Now I've been told that owners have been told that there's embarrassing information on those emails, but there's nothing nothing that's catastrophic, like John Gruden, like those emails. Um, But again, you know, this is a tough situation. When we were at the league owners meetings, you know, as a, as a press member, you kind of hang out in the hotel while the owners are in a, a room, you know, deliberating, getting updates, whatever it is. And as we were there, we started to notice that some that reporters started gravitating towards um, women who were in the front of the hotel. And those packets of paper coming with and they dropped them off at the front desk, which is kind of funny, and they asked the front desk to distribute them to each owner, saying, They're making a case that these emails should all be public and that the Washington football investigation should be public. Roger Goodell obviously says that they don't want to make things public out of anonymity reasons for people who cooperated with the investigation. That explanation has not gone over well. It'll be interesting to see where all this goes. Um, I can just tell you that, you know, while there aren't a lot of owners even before all this who liked Dan Snyder, the appetite to get rid of him doesn't seem like it's there really at all. And I don't think it's even really being discussed.
0: Wow. Very interesting. Check him out on social at Seth Wickersham, and then make sure you take a look at the book. It's better to be feared. Or as Seth and I talked about, don't even take a look at it. You don't even need to read it. Just buy it. That's the important part. Now it looks like an awesome book, Seth. I would actually like to check it out. That seems like a great, uh, for me, if I do read, it's at the beach in the summer. If I do read a book, that I don't think I'm going to get this for uh, the beach at the summer. It looks awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, man. You'll, you'll probably get a kick out of some of the, the the squad meetings where Belichick's language and his metaphors get pretty colorful and elaborative. You, it'll probably bring back some memories for you. Oh,
0: yeah. I've been in those. I've been in those, no doubt. Thank Makes you, Seth. Pleasure. Thank you. Man, that was awesome. I got to check out that book. Seth's awesome. You know what else I think is awesome? Speaking of reading, Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. The whole process is so fun. I've had several people that have done this. I haven't had the chance to yet. By the way, I hope we can start to travel again internationally. That's a big thing for my wife and I. But here's what I love about Babbel. Their 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go so you can just learn the things that you need to learn before you travel they got 14 different languages including spanish french italian and german they've got the speech recognition technology which helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent plus it comes with a 20-day money back guarantee so here's what you should do you should get a a trip on the calendar, get a, get some type of vacation on the calendar for, you know, next year or whatever when, when you're feeling safe to travel internationally and then purchase a three-month Babel subscription because when you do that, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code Ross. That's babbe com. Code Ross. Babel Language for life.
1: Hey, Ross. uh, After we recorded yesterday's show, some disturbing news came out of Minnesota and Dalvin Cook.
0: Right, and it felt like Dalvin Cook and his legal team tried to uh, get ahead of this. They issued their own statement. They said that he was the victim, that Dalvin Cook was the victim, but... There are some pretty um, damning text messages that, you know, I saw yesterday after Greg and I recorded early in the morning that I think everybody should take a look at extremely curious to see where this thing goes with Dalvin cook, but it certainly doesn't look good. Um, Like everything else, you reserve judgment until you hear more, but just based on the text message, um, And the picture of the woman, it does not look real good for Dalvin Cook.
1: Game tonight, Thursday night football. You're going to be there. Dolphins hosting the Ravens. Who you got?
0: Yeah, should be awesome. I and Eagle and I. uh, Westwood won. You can probably find it. You can definitely find it on Sirius XM NFL radio, but you can find it. Most stations cover the Monday night games and Thursday night games. So if you flip around. You can hear us, which is awesome. By the way, tonight's the night. The Crocs Predator Showdown Series is coming, and it's free to play on DraftKings.com. So if you haven't done it yet, draft the best lineup and a slice of 10 Gs could be yours across three different contests. Just enter today and see how well your lineup stacks up against the competition today, November 11th. There's another one, by the way, on Christmas, Saturday, December 25th. We hope your f- future is full of comfort that you get from Crocs and possibly full of money. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. Eligibility restrictions apply. Crocs are awesome. This free-to-play game is awesome. DraftKings.com slash Crocs. As for the game, Brian, I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I mean, you know, they keep saying that they're going to test Tua Tungavailoa's uh, hand out. He's got a small fracture in the middle finger of his throwing hand. They keep saying they're going to test that out pregame. If he didn't play Sunday, I don't think he's going to play tonight. It doesn't seem to me like it would make that much sense when they have 10 more days to rest before their next game. You Maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I am wrong. But use your logic a little bit. It would make much more sense to let it heal for 10 more days and then have two comebacks. So I don't think he plays tonight. The Dolphins' defense, just studying up for this game, has been playing much, much better. And they deserve credit for that. I'm looking forward to the Dolphins' defense trying to slow down Lamar. I do think this passing game for the Ravens has been super impressive. And we'll see. percent had some big games, that Raiders game he played very well. Ultimately, though, I think the Ravens still take care of business. Uh, I think it's probably 27-20, maybe like 24-17. I'll go 24-17. The Ravens get the win tonight to kick off the week. Thursday night football, they were part of one of my teasers. Speaking of um, things to tease – how about Pizza Boy Brewing, Culture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, all, SteakhouseSports.com, all of the awesome, I think we're done here, members of Patreon.com slash RT Media. Absolutely love them all, just like I love the free fix finder service at AutoZone. It's free. They do it for you. You can troubleshoot more dashboard lights including your check engine light abs light and service interval light this is the last thing i'm telling you today because i want it to be the first thing you take action on right when we are done talking about it the free fix finder will give you possible solutions for any of the lights that are on your dash all backed by verified technicians it's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes and you can only find it at AutoZone. So, remember this. The next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just get in the zone, AutoZone. And, Bri, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football
1: Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.